Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast. We are in an incredible series, In Awe of Radiance. Our guiding quote for the month is by Michelle Obama from her book, The Light We Carry, Overcoming in Uncertain Times. I believe that each of us carries a bit of inner brightness, something entirely unique and individual, a flame that's worth protecting. When we are able to recognize our own light, we become empowered to use it. When we learn to foster what's unique in the people around us, we become better able to build compassionate communities and make meaningful change. I love this quote. I love so much that all of our unique individual lights can embody that in such a powerful way. And today's guest is one that absolutely does that. She's learned how to harness her own passions and joys and light and who she is, and she absolutely builds it in others. Nancy Mingham is an educational consultant, author, national presenter, and co-founder of Leading Edge Learning, who is passionate about helping educators create learning experiences that meet the needs of all students. Leading Edge Learning Services includes developing innovative K-12 programs using an in-depth approach that focuses on partnering with schools to understand emerging problems, operationalizing effective change, and elevating knowledge gained to support schools. Nancy also serves as a principal coach for Jay Casas and Associates. Prior to her current endeavor, Nancy Nancy was the Associate Director of Professional Learning Programs at the Friday Institute for Educational Innovation at North Carolina State University. Her work at the Institute involved building comprehensive programs for school and district leaders that included leadership development and strategic planning. Nancy is the co-author of the book, Leadership in Personalized and Digital Learning, a Framework for Change, published by Harvard Educational Press, and brings a depth of knowledge about curriculum, pedagogy, and instructional technology with past experiences as a classroom teacher, technology facilitator, and district leader. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to share with you, Nancy. She is a partner um, through Jay Casas and Associates. I've had the honor of sitting alongside her at a table full of wonderful people coming up with ideas on how to serve others in education. I've seen her passionate bright light just beam right out of her. She is a powerful force, a wonderful friend, a courageous leader, and I am so deeply happy to share with you Nancy Mangum's In Awe of Radiance story. Welcome, Nancy Mangum, to the In Awe podcast. I cannot wait to have this conversation with you and to share you with the beautiful world out there. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to to be here with you and to share a little bit with you, Sarah. You are such a joy to be with. So I'm excited. Thank you for the invitation. Well, you know, the honor is mine. And I am so grateful that you agreed to join me, especially this month on In Awe of Radiance, uh, because I know that you I've just known you to be one of those people that in your presence, you just emanate such light and you illuminate a room. And I am. Um, in awe and inspired by you every time we get a chance to have a conversation. So this is so perfect to me to have you here today. Great. Well, thank you. Okay. So I read your bio in the intro, but we just need to know what's your current context and what are you up to in this beautiful world of ours? Sure. Thanks so much. So I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, but I get but I get to work all across the the country and get to see a lot of amazing things um, in that. 
I am currently, I have a, a business um, with my wonderful business partner, Teresa, um, called Leading Edge Learning. And we work with instructional coaches and school leaders, district leaders, um, helping to um, bring in build professional learning for them and hopefully give them a little bit of inspiration as we work to elevate their stories. I love that. And I have had the opportunity because you were so gracious to help me out with one of my assignments this term to learn about that business. And I'm just so inspired. I'd love to be able at some point we got to unpack how you started that, where kind of it evolved. But before we get into that, I need to be able to share with the listeners just a little bit about how you and I got connected because, um, you know, that's a big part of our wonderful journeys and this world of education as well broader is that networking. And so you and I met, I want to say it was, did we first meet virtually or in person a year I ago? I think we met virtually, um, maybe, maybe a little bit over a year ago. I started with, um, with Jimmy and Jay Casas and Associates. Um, I guess it was two school years ago. So it's almost two school years ago now. So I think we met virtually then. That's so um, wonderful. Work with him. Yes. And Jimmy brings together such amazing people. And so it's been such a great opportunity to work with him. Right. So talking um, in relation to our connection is through Jay Casas and Associates, where you and I both are associates for Jimmy. And I think it's really cool because one of the things that I love about our organization is that, you know, Jimmy just really surrounds himself with people that have varying skills and that complement, I think, um, one another. And I know that you spend time supporting in ways that maybe I don't. And so what do you do for Jay Casas and Associates? Do you describe that a little bit? Sure. So with, with Jay Casas and Associates, I am a, a leadership coach or a principal coach. So I have the wonderful opportunity of um, coaching. I, I actually, this past year, had four principals. So uh, four different principals that I, that I coached. I got to go and see them face-to-face um, several times during the year and then met with them virtually as well and, and get to um, help them as they build that that culture that they really want to have, that, that culture that will support um, all students and um, it's been just a joy to to get to kind of travel with each one of those principals. They're all in different um, parts of the country and in different um, stages in their career and to help them as they grow to build their culture and just be a better leader. Uh, so we do do the same thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. It is such a joy to do that work. And um what an honor to be able to know that there are people out there like you that are just passionate about supporting leaders that we know, I think, especially principals, they just don't get that level of support that so many of um, the other roles in schools do. And I don't know if you found that to be true as well in your experience. Absolutely. Absolutely, Sarah. And, you know, um, both with Jay Casas and Associates and then also with with my other work, um, I really feel like that at, at the heart of all of it, I'm a connector and I love to bring people together and build community. And I think our principals, um, for sure, they don't have opportunities very often to just be with other people um, who are going through similar things that they are, um, or just to have somebody to listen and to bounce ideas off of them. Oftentimes when principals get together in those meetings, um, in, in district meetings or county meetings, um, they're, they're usually the rules and regulation type meetings, the, the do's and the don'ts. 
And so being able to, as a coach for Jay Casas and Associates and also in my other work, to, um, to be able to connect principals or just to sit and listen and um, help principals in their journey is really, um, really awesome. And I'm sure that you just bring them a great light <laughs> right when it's needed. Thank I just you. know that that's so true. Okay. So you shared a little bit too about your own business. And so first of all, I would love to know, I kind of know this, so I'm leading the witness, but when did you start your business and, and what brought you yes. about to launching out on your own with your partner? Well, so, you know, it was, um, it was actually in August of 2020, believe it or not, the world was, I think um, we had all just come off of a couple of months of virtual, um, virtual school mm-hmm. or virtual, whatever the, um, I guess, craziness. Virtual reality, we, right? The reality, right? <laughs> that virtual had, had become our reality, Sarah. <laughs> um, and, but I knew it was time, you know, um, sometimes you get that little itch and you just, and you're really led and it was time. It was time to go out on our own. And um, I had worked with Teresa previously at the Friday Institute. We had worked there for a number of years together and we just thought it was time. We we saw this greater, um, we really share a passion and a commitment to um, helping all leaders have that, have those professional learning opportunities that, that they really need and, um, are so important for them to have. And we really love to build those programs and work with organizations um, to build those programs, to bring those things to, to to our leaders. And we just felt like it was a calling, like there was more to be done out there than what we were able to do in, uh, um, um, in our own or our current context. So August, 2020, we jumped out there and we started and um, it's been awesome, but um, it's been great to be able to work with so many people from across the country. Well, and you in that work really do, so, okay, at Jay Casas and Associates, you're working on the individual level and you're helping principals build systems and supporting their personal leadership identity to grow their leadership. But in your organization, it's really more uh, organizational and systemic leadership. Is that true? That is. That is. And, you know, oftentimes we're helping an organization, whether that's a district or whether, but most of the time it's at a, um, at kind of the next level. So it's a, maybe a RISA or a service agency or even a state department of ed, um, helping them to build um, programs that, that support the leaders that they serve. It's such exciting work. And I have yeah. to know what in the world led you toward that? <laughs> like, what in oh, your background know, brought you right. toward that? <laughs> right. Well, you know, there are, I mean, I started as an educator, but um, just, you know, as I think, if I kind of fast forward a few years and well, my mom was a, a middle school math teacher for 42 years. So I think, um, you know, education and teaching is in my blood and my dad is, um, he still teaches in his retirement um, as a, as a former dentist. So he teaches at the dental school. So teaching is in my blood for sure. But, um, you know, I was at, um, I, I'll fast forward to, I had left um, 
um, central office and being an administrator and went to the Friday Institute. And I was working with teachers. And at that time, I, and I was doing training and, and it was around one-to-one, ironically, and technology integration, which was, this was now probably um, 14 years ago. So a long time ago, but we're still kind of doing some similar things now. What's old is new. Mm-hmm. Again. <laughs> um, but, but anyways, I was working with teachers and I really saw that um, I was passionate about the teachers that I was working with. But I began to see that those teachers could only um, do but so much unless they had a leader Mm. that understood and supported them. And as I talked to those leaders, I realized those leaders didn't really understand what the teachers were trying to do, or they didn't know how to um, support the teachers in trying these new things and and in, in their innovations. And the leaders really kind of felt left out of this whole change process here the the teachers were receiving all of this professional learning and support but as leaders they they weren't getting any of that and so they kind of felt a little bit left out and sometimes their reactions were a little bit um you know defensive mm-hmm. and other times they were curious but i think ultimately all of them at the heart they just wanted to be a part of it and so i thought you know what our principals need um need training. They, they need support just like our teachers do. And we oftentimes, as you mentioned at the onset of this, our principals are left out of this. And so that led me to find some other people who were passionate about working with serving leaders. And we started building leadership programs and kind of just took off from there. It's so interesting um, that you talk about the fact that you have this education background, but that you saw this need. And it's almost like that spirit inside of you to build something to support a need. So not only are you a people connector, but sounds like you're, you know, like a problem solver, <laughs> like you're connecting the dots there, um, which I really appreciate. And could you expand just a little bit about the Friday Institute? What is that? Sure. The Friday Institute is part of um, NC State University, and it is um, part of um, the College of Education there. So its mission is to serve K-12 students um, and teachers or or, or K-12 institutions through innovations. So that that was for 10 years. I worked there and um, was the associate director of professional learning there, able to um, primarily serving North Carolina Mm -hmm. schools and districts. Wonderful. And so now you've had all this great background that provides you the insight to help you guide and develop these programs and serve. And so you're broader than North Carolina and you you travel. So can you share maybe just some insights about what you've learned in these last couple of years since you've broadened your scope and, you know, are leading on a broader scale outside of your local area? Yes. You know, I think one of the things that, um, Sometimes our pro- when I when, when I look across the country, um, I think no matter whether we're talking about rural or urban, we're talking about um, a very wealthy area or uh, an area that has a lot of needs. Um, so many things are the same, and so many of our issues and the struggles are the same. And um, I think that in in a, in today's climate, a lot of times we want to be divisive. And there's so many things that are dividing us, which we could have a whole other conversation about mm-hmm. all of that, right? But um, at the heart of it, there are so many similarities. And um, I think our students today need to be um, 
need to be loved and supported. I mean, I guess that's always been the case. My mom would say um, that's always been the case, Nancy. They've always needed that. But, um, you know, I so I think as we look across the country, the problems are the same. The the struggles are the same. The things that that we're doing well are the same. And there's a lot that we can learn from one another. It is really interesting and, and so easy to get caught in our own mm, worm's eye view of the world and think that the grass is greener, you know, they have this and we don't, or, uh, you know, the comparison trap. Um, yes. But I appreciate what you said too, when you said that your mom would say it, that at the heart of everything, kids still need to feel connected and feel loved. And we can't lose sight of that. Forget that piece. Yeah. And, you know, Sarah, I think we all do, you know, mm -hmm. I think we all need that connection, those community um, or, or the community or a community, um, whether we're talking about our personal or our professional journey. Um, and, you know, I think that finding those people that that you can connect with, people that you can share with, people that you can be real with, um, you know, if I'm talking about my professional um life, I think that that's the same as my personal life. And, you know, as a professional, I appreciate, um, you know, being able to have conversations with people like you or others that I can say, this is really what I'm struggling with. And how are you tackling this? Um, and I think that's so important for us to remember that we're not alone in any of our struggles. And so to find the people that, um, or, or person, because sometimes it's just a person, but find that, that person or those people that, that can help you, um, that you can really share and be real with. That's so good. And it, you know, it links back to the work that you do with leadership coaching. And I'm, I'm sure that you've found the same thing is that so often leaders think they have to do it all on their own. They have to shoulder it. There's, and sometimes that is the case, you know, they don't necessarily have a person that is adjacent to their role in a local area that they feel they can, connect with or collaborate with. And I have found that one of the best parts about that coaching piece is that it is a person um, that yes. a leader feels safe bouncing ideas off of and not knowing, oh my gosh, Nancy, did you know that every leader doesn't have every answer to every question? Yes. yes. Uh, but sometimes but we get stuck in that paradigm that they have to. And um, I think what you said just is resonating with me as I'm processing some of my recent sessions with principals who, um, you know, are closing up their time and kind of reflecting on the value of coaching has been that ability to be vulnerable and to be open and reprocess things, you know, in this complicated yes. work of leading um, in schools. So, yeah. And, you know, I think the other wonderful thing about coaching as well is that it's somebody who can, not only you can sh be vulnerable with and share your struggles, but it's also somebody else who can, um, maybe point out, um, or help you to celebrate, to celebrate your growth and to point out sometimes our growth feels so, um, small or it's hard to see, um, the growth. And it's always nice to have other people to point to help point those things out in us or to help us reflect on those things in ourselves. It's so true. Spoken like such a wise person, right? <laughs> well, because it's so you. easy to, you know, check the box, check the box, and you forget how far you've come along that journey and just having somebody alongside you to help 
remember that is really powerful. Okay. So I've got, uh, we've talked a lot about your professional life and I love that, (laughs) but I need to know what keeps you radiant. I sprung this question on you. (laughs) I know, right. What keeps me radiant? You know, I do think, um, it is, I'm going to go back to something I said about my professional life, but I do think it's having a person or two that you can talk with and that can just continue to uplift you. And so I think, um, finding that person or, or having those people that, um, that just really, um, give you energy really helps me. So I have, um, a couple of those people in my life and, and it's really helpful, I think, to keep me, to keep my soul nourished. And I, and I also think, um, for me spending time outside, I love, um, spending time outside. And so whether it's in my garden or with my flowers or just on my walks, all all the beautiful things that I get to see. Think that helps me. So you find like that way to keep your energy is through those connections. And when I always think about like um, Brene Brown's work with that circle, you know, yes. like your inner circle and and who that is, and of course, um, welcoming in new relationships and new ideas and new thought partners and collaborations. But also going back to whatever that core of who you are, no matter where you are, what you're doing is really powerful. In that, sometimes we forget that a huge element of self care is just being present with the people that understand us the best. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think being present is one of those things that is really hard in today's world. Um, There are so many distractions and so many things that can pull us, um, you know, whether it's our phone or um, feeling like we have to do everything, like, you know, respond to everything so immediately. Um, And so I think just really taking time to try to be present. And when, you know, you can't always, but, um, you know, this past weekend I spent time with my parents and what a gift that is to still have them and, and, and to be able to spend time with them. Um, but you know, just, just like putting away the phone and just kind of like spending and like being, you know, sitting with them and, and being with them, um, I think is really important to sometimes put away those distractions and remind ourselves it's okay if we don't get to that today. Well, and as you said, it's just so easy to be distracted. And one of the things like you and I have only had a face-to-face conversation twice amidst distraction, right? Because we're (laughs) getting together around multiple people. Um, But I love so much that you mentioned your parents a few times. And it's something that I've definitely gleaned from you is that family is very important to you. And it's clearly a core value. And I think that's so beautiful um, to just have come like emanating through this interview too. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. They are there. Um, and I, you know, I, I didn't mention my, you know, yes, my family. And then, and then you have those people who are maybe not um, by, by your blood, but um, family by choice. And so I have a lot, very fortunate to have several of those as well to keep me, I think, grounded. Grounded, but also up in the air a little bit too, because we talked about your energy and I need to hear a little bit about your running journey because it's something that you and I have connected on, but we haven't talked a ton about. Um, I know you said you love being outside, but I know, and and probably travel too, but I think you're a runner, aren't you? Well, you know, actually I, I would love to be a runner. I'm not a runner, but I am a big walker. So there you go, Sarah. So maybe, maybe one day I'll be a runner. 
I took a leap. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, okay. But you are an active person. I should have put I, it that I way. I am very active. Yes. And I actually tore my ACL um, a year and a half ago. And that was, wow. That was one of the most humbling and hardest things that, um, you know, I've had to overcome. And, and maybe that's, I guess I've been really fortunate in my health. But um, wow, that was really, because I do, I walk, um, I get in my 10,000 plus a day. In fact, usually I'm, I try to get about um, 12 to 15,000 steps a day. So um, that is where I, you know, definitely go that way. And when I tore that ACL, that was a tough one for me. So no, I'm not a runner, um, but I do love to be outside and I love those steps. And, you know, one of the things with that, with, um, that I actually took from coaching, um, when I tore my ACL was I, I had a little notebook and each day I would write down, um, something new that I could do that day or, or what I did that day. Um, and I, I use that as the documentation because there were such small incremental things that I was, um, progress that I was making and I couldn't really see it myself. But then as I wrote down, you know, even little things like I got to shave my legs today, or I could, you know, I stood for, for five minutes without my crutches, you know, at the beginning of like, that, that was the very beginning of the journey, or, you know, I walked a half mile today. Um, those things were really helped me to see like, okay, I am making progress each day. And so, but yes, I love to be outside and I love to, to walk. And um, I do a pretty quick, I do a pretty quick walk there, Sarah. So maybe one day you can get me to maybe <laughs> get me to be a runner. I don't know if I'm on that uh, path to challenge you toward that more. So maybe bring myself more toward your um, way of thinking. You know, I have used running in um, the past and I love it. And it's obviously a huge part of my identity for a long portion of my life, but I am definitely um, more of the, just move yourself, get your spirit out. I think you and I are aligned in that way to just be outside is such a powerful way to revive your spirit. Yes. Um, and I appreciate so much. I, I know you had shared with me about your ACL um, injury and the journey, and I'm so glad that you got a chance to share this widely with us, that it was like these small steps that you, um, you know, documented those to help kind of gauge that progress. Because I think whether it's a setback that's physical or mental or a major life shift, it's so easy to get caught up in the drudgery of you know, where you are versus where you want to be. And I think that little grain of wisdom that you gave in regard to, Hey, I shaved my legs today. <laughs> like yeah. It just sounds so little, but we just take it for granted when we're healthy and we're able, you know, able-bodied to do things like that. So, um, you know, sharing that piece of you is really, really wonderful. So I have a curiosity though, because you 10 to 15,000 steps, I'm not a, um, I don't have a Fitbit or even an Apple watch or anything. I'm so old school, I guess, <laughs> but I'm curious, how do you get that amount in and track oh, that good. every day, especially when you're doing so much remote work? Right. Well, um, a lot of laps around my kitchen counter <laughs> in all honesty, um, there are a lot of laps there, but usually a morning walk. And then an afternoon walk with um, with my dog, my chocolate lab, who is my sweetheart. So, and as she slowed down a little bit, she's nine and a half. So, that has been interesting to try to. So sometimes um, we, I do a short walk with her, and then and then do a longer walk. But um, 
trying to find any way that I can. And, and, you know, I don't do it every day. And I, and I've tried to learn, um, not to beat myself up if I don't get over that 10,000, but it is for me, it's good to have a goal. And so lots of laps around that kitchen counter and then just trying to get outside, even if it's just for 10 minutes in between meetings. Sure. And I guess that to put a pin in all of that is I think sometimes we think about taking care of our bodies and our physical health is all about, you know, pushing ourselves, you know, this cardiovascular push, but as you're pointing out, it's just, it's movement. It can be so simple. And also that outside time, there really is um, brain research tied to this is, you know, that dynamic setting, having your your body move at the same time as you're looking around really creates new pathways in our brains. And so just 10 minutes, that's all you need. Right. I think we forget the power of that. We do, we do. And yeah, you know, there is, for me, one of the hardest things with all of the remote and so much, so many um, meetings, I don't know if you are in this situation, but you know, I used to have tons of phone calls and my free conference call line was like, you know, use that all the time. (laughs) Um, But um, then when COVID hit, we went to Zoom and Zoom was wonderful or, or, or whatever platform, but video conferencing was the platform and that, that was a way for us to connect. But now it feels like that's really all people want to do is have those Zoom meetings. And I'm like, wait a minute, can we bring back the phone call? Because for me, when, I, and I know you can do a Zoom and you can stand up and you can, you know, you don't have to be sitting, but I really, um, I, a lot of times um, my team would know, um, would and totally knows this about me. Sometimes if I'm in a meeting or just like an internal meeting, I'll get up and I'll move around. Like if it's face-to-face, I'll even have to get up and move around in order to get those ideas going. And like you said, Sarah, it's, it, it isn't just Nancy's craziness. Um, you know, in school, my remember a seventh grade teacher um, very vividly used to get frustrated with me because I'd always be moving my feet and like, move, you know, I was one of those I needed to move. And I could have probably benefited so much from being able to just stand up in the back of the room more like kind of pace around, but so that's been a really hard transition with everything going video conferencing. I've had to find ways to um, move because I do, I think better and, and I have better ideas, but I love to be creative and kind of come up with new ideas or even just as we're looking at challenges that people are having and you're trying to brainstorm solutions or just even brainstorm with them. I think so much better when I'm moving. We need to remember that for our students and how can we offer opportunities for them to move. We absolutely do. And I've seen this lived out in you. Um, <laughs> you know, like yes, yes. Not only that, that need to move, but that just, uh, even when you said you love to get creative and come up with ideas, I just love the fact that I have mental images that pop up in my mind watching <laughs> you get into creativity mode. And it's just, it's such a radiant part of your spirit that is really wonderful and a gift. Um, and I also think that like what you said, you know, we talked about movement walks, you know, um, some of the more innovative ways to get ideas generated for teams. And yet here we are in this model in schools where we typically sit around a table and I know, I know, right? Solve it all, right? Yes. I'm the guilty. Old, I'm guilty of that. Yes. I know. Me too. The old saying, if the bum's numb, the brain is dumb. Oh. And I know we're probably not supposed to say dumb anymore. So I don't know what we would say now, but um, you know, there is a lot to be said about that. Yes. That makes a ton of sense. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, Nancy, I am so sad to shift because you and I both know we could talk for hours, I think. Um, but I got to get those two standard questions in. Are you ready for those? 
I'm ready. All right. So the first one is if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? So I think I would write a letter to myself, to my high school self and um, just telling be yourself. Um, don't worry about what others think about you. You know, your worth isn't measured by your class rank or your SAT score. You have so much to offer and um, don't let others, you know, I guess instill doubt in you. Mm. Isn't it so easy for that to happen during that developmental stage? <laughs> it is, it is. And, you know, human nature is to compare ourselves to others and, um, and, and and I don't know if things have gotten, I mean, well, I don't know for today's students how it is, but I know for us, it was so much about where are you going to college and what's your class rank and, you know, will you get into these, these schools? And really, in all reality, college is, I mean, every college has great opportunities and it's all about finding the right fit. And then even if you don't go to college, there are great things out there for you and it's not, you know, your self-worth shouldn't be measured by those things. Mm. But I think that's a message that our society sends so much. I think and, it, right. and I definitely felt that. Okay. Well, and I'm sure that you, uh, I'm so glad that you um, mentioned that. And let's see if there's any connection to this one, which is if mm -hmm. people find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what could you say to help them rise up out of it? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think look for people who build you up and make you feel good about yourself, you know, find that those people or that person and um, make time to connect or spend time with that person. I think that that's so important. And um, just there, there are people out there who believe in you. And so find those people and um, you have so much to give and, and, you know, your ideas and stir stories um, are needed in this world. And I think, um, we want you to share them and they need to be shared. So, you know, find the people who build you up, but then also share your stories with others because maybe you never know when like you and I, we can make those connections with one another. And that's pretty powerful. Well, and you know, I'm beaming over here because I agree a hundred percent with everything you just said. And, um, so much of what's been woven through your message here today is this radiant message that, you know, we, we are better when we connect with others that we can use our gifts to uplift and support others. And that it, there is a time for us to lean into others as well for that. Um, and I appreciate that there's that relationship that we need to remember both, um, are needed, especially for leaders that we can't do it all. And we need others to support us. And I find myself deeply grateful and always inspired by you, my friend. And I'm so grateful that you would share your wonderful message on the show. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for believing in me and inviting me to share. Of course. So I know that uh, listeners are going to want to get in touch with you after they hear this wonderful message. So is there um, a best way that they could engage with you after the interview? Our website is, uh, Teresa, my website is leadingedgelearn.org. And on Instagram, I'm NK, as in kitchen, Mangum, M-A-N-G-U-M. Wonderful. Listeners, as Nancy said, for sure, we will get her linked up in the show notes so that you can get connected, whether you're going to be using her services or simply getting an opportunity to be inspired by her radiant energy. It's awesome. Thank, thank you so much. Oh, Nancy, thank you. It's been such a joy. I'm so grateful. And you take good care of yourself. You too. Take care of yourself. And wonderful to be with you. Thank you, Sarah.
This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.